and welcome to Hawk Talk. Thank you for listening. This is episode four and today we are going to be talking about sustainability. I've got three very special guests with me here today and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Merlin Britt-Little. Um, I'm a director at Nicholson Nurseries. Uh, we're based in Oxfordshire. Uh, we're a family-run business. Uh, so our, our roots were in um, growing native trees and hedging um, and the forestry sector. And since 1979, when we started, uh, we've grown to encompass what we, our byline is plants, forestry and landscaping. So uh, I'm responsible for the, the plant side of things. Um, and then we run a, a full contracting service on forestry um, and also landscaping. So from design, build, maintenance, etc. So we, we, we reach quite a lot of different sectors. Um, one of my roles, um, apart from the plant side of it, is um, on sustainability. Uh, and I, I, I chair what we call our tea committee, uh, which is probably, uh, sounds, sounds, actually, no, it is more interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> uh, we don't just drink tea. Uh, technical, e environmental and ecological committee, we call it. So we pull together various people from different parts of the company. And we've got lots of different departments. When I first started, uh, 20 years ago, we'd just won Oxfordshire small business. And a couple of years ago, we won Oxfordshire large business. So we're, we're quite big now. So we pull people from different departments to talk about the environment, the ecology, uh, any technical advances, etc. So sitting on that committee, I hope gives me a bit of a view um, to inform the discussion we're about to have. <laughs> Thank you. Merlin I, Merlin, I hope you do get to drink tea as well. Uh, usually lots of coffee but yeah <laughs> all works the same that's brilliant I love that um so my name is Amelie Trolle Swedish origin but um I've been in Cornwall for a long time uh working at uh, the Eden Project uh educational uh, charity and visitor destination beautiful global garden um I worked there as a sustainability manager for many years and also um, did a lot of work on our educational programs for small, medium-sized and large corporate businesses uh, to support them on their sustainability journey. Um, and then uh, since uh, early this year, I'm heading up the engagement team at Planet Mark. Uh, we're a certification body and we support our members uh, with their sustainability journey. And uh, I think I have, well, my team, we've, we've got the best job in the in the business. We get to actually engage with, with all of our members and the incredible people behind um, uh, all of our members, their teams, to, uh, yeah, to really support them in terms of um, embedding sustainability right throughout the business, uh, making it a core part of the culture and uh yeah i've been uh, pleased to support um george george's team um in their work starting this year so yeah definitely thanks for having me hi everyone i'm um, george hillier i'm director of property at hillier nurseries um we are a business that was um, founded in 1864 and um, I'm part of the fifth generation of the, of the family. Um, we have retail garden centers, and we have 18 of those, um, but we're also growers, and we grow um, both plants and shrubs 
for the garden centres retail. But we also are one of the UK's biggest growers of mature and semi-mature trees. Um, in fact, we produce about 40,000 trees um, per annum. So um, yeah, exciting stuff. In, in my role as director of property, one of my responsibilities is our in environment and our environmental responsibility. And uh, I'm really proud to head up um, that side of the business. And as Amelie uh, alluded to, we are members of the Planet Mark, um, which is um, an organization that has helped us um, establish ourselves and establish our environmental policy. Fantastic. Well, thank you all very much for joining me today. So I'm going to start with a question. I like to start with a big question. <laughs> um, so feel free to answer it from your own perspective. But when we talk about sustainability, what are we talking about? What is sustainability? I mean, who's going to be brave enough who's to jump straight in? <laughs> well, um, I, can, I can have a fast go. Um, so for me, uh, today I'm actually dialing in from, from my uh, roots back in Sweden, uh, where I grew up. And um, oh, Fantastic. <laughs> and to me, actually, you know, I look out and I see um, beautiful oak trees and I, I see, uh, you know, nature. And for me personally, it's sustainability has been about stewardship since very early years. Uh, it's about uh, yeah, preserving and, and keep yeah, leaving, leaving um, for future generations something that you're proud uh, about. And I, th I think for me personally, I think I want to add to stewardship is just not enough. To me also, it's about regeneration and feeling that you, you, know, you, you contribute more to what's, what was there initially you uh, sustainability is for me um, lot, a lot about innovation and showing that actually when we collaborate and we work together and um, we can actually you know leave leave the place in a way better condition that we we first found it and I think I've been marked as well by my years at Eden Project which is in itself a, an example of um, restoration regenerative um, re uh, regeneration uh, so turning a, an empty, you know, dead China clay pit into a beautiful global garden, bursting with life and biodiversity um, and, and having the people side of things as well, being part of that bigger picture is incredibly important to me. So, yeah, a little bit of a, yeah, well, everything there, but in summary, more than just, you know, the ability to sustain, there's more that needs to go into that. I think, I think I would probably agree. Um, I, I would have, yeah, saying that actually being able to give back at every opportunity, I think is is a key part of it. You know, the, the, as, as a business, you sort of feel that you take and you take and you take, and yes, you're sustaining your staff and, and what you're doing. But I think it's possibly a karma thing that the more you give back, the more will come to, to you as well. So um and, and whether that's you know through 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 training your staff or through your charitable work or through you know thinking about the environment and you're in and what 
you're doing and how that can benefit it more than just being a, a commercial transaction, I think is, is really important that you have to sort of see the bigger picture around you rather than just your narrow um, focus. No, that's, um, that's a really good point, Merlin. And, and actually working in the industry that we do, we are fortunate enough that um, you know, we, are, we are, we hope, encouraging um, people and inspiring people to enjoy um, their green living spaces and making green living spaces a part of their everyday life. And we've seen that more and more through this, this pandemic with people working from home and having offices at home and in the garden and things. Sustainability, um, for me, is about, I mean, since the Industrial Revolution, what the human race has achieved has been truly remarkable and an incredible thing. Um, environmental responsibility is something that is still developing. And for me, environmental responsibility is about, ultimately, it's about carbon neutrality. Being an organization that um, one way or another looks at everything that it does and goes into great depth and examines that and looks at ways that it can achieve the same goals or better goals, but whilst maintaining um, a minimal amount of carbon um, emission. And I think um, sustainability for me begins with um, carbon footprint measurement. And can you tell me now a little bit how your journey into sustainability might have begun? Was it through your business or through something in your personal life? What was it that was the kickstart for you? Um, I, I'm unmuted, so I'll talk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a really good question, actually. Um, and, it, and it's so hard to actually put your finger on any particular point in time. Um, I think for us, probably it was early doors um, looking at peat um, and our use of peat. Uh, and the conversations around that that were happening in the sort of, um, you know, 2000 and I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, there was quite a lot of talk then and there were various, um, you know, sort of government uh, suggestions as opposed to, uh, you know, forcing anybody actually to do anything. There were lots of sort of, well, it wouldn't it be nice ifs? Uh, and we thought, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if? So, um, <laughs> You know, that, that I think it was a point in time for us that we've worked towards. And, you know, now I can proudly say, and I think uh, George can as well, that um, you, you guys are also peat free, I think, uh, and yeah. have been for some time. So, and, and we've only just recently, you know, through trialing. So I think, yeah, in, in that sort of early 2000s period, um, I think we just sort of became aware more of the fact that we were growing and growing and consuming and consuming and and possibly that there was a commercial edge to it too, you know, so, you know, recycling our water, it was definitely had a commercial edge because water's expensive. Um, I got my water bill this morning and I looked at how much a cubic meter of water is and it's one pound 38, I think, you know, and we were, wow. we were, pour, we were pouring that on, um, you know, we were just turning the mains on every time. So now, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have built a reservoir and can recycle it, et cetera. So lots of things have happened. And I think, what's happening now in the environment and the whole zeitgeist that we're in things have just gone ex, you know uh, taking off um, around sustainability and tree planting etc is becoming really really important um, 
but I, I think we also we also have to remind ourselves as businesses because George sort of mentioned it. You know, we grow trees and we encourage people to grow trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always kind of have to say, yeah, but somebody else is actually buying those trees. You know, we're just supplying them. You know, we're we're putting them sometimes in a Land Rover and a trailer and driving them fifty miles to plant them. Uh, and the bit we're concerned about is not the trees, although we we you know obviously make sure they're lovely quality trees. But is actually that Land Rover journey? How can we change that? What can we do there? Um, so I think we we do have to remind ourselves that, you know, it's not all sort of, it's, it could be quite rose tinted when you say, oh, I grow trees. Uh, whereas actually the, the reality is, and I always say this to people when they want a career in horticulture, I say it's a factory without a roof, you know. And, and you, <laughs> it's a good way need, of putting it. Yeah you, yeah, you you need to consider everything that you put into that factory. So anyway, it's, yeah, it's an ongoing journey, but it's a very organic one. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I think the um, the, you know, at, at Hillier, the, the environment has never been higher on the agenda than it than it is today, and I'm I'm really pleased to see that that's represented at every level in our business, right from the the trustees to the to the board of directors, and then right throughout our entire business. And I think that um, that growing sense of of awareness. I mean. I, I was talking about this earlier. It, it can sometimes feel quite daunting. It can feel really um, kind of a bit doomsday and a bit kind of like, you know, well, crikey, we are in the situation that we now find ourselves in. And if we don't take action, then the, the consequences could be and will be really significant. So I'm really pleased that at every level of our business, we have this engagement and input from 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 our staff and also from our customers there's no doubt that um, our our customers nowadays are so much more aware of what of not only what the responsibilities are but also what organizations are actually doing about it and they will vote with their feet and with their shopping basket absolutely um, and i think the organizations that don't realize that at this point are, are yeah are going to be are going to be left behind and that's not look, that's not the sole motivation behind why people are getting behind their environmental responsibilities because we you know I have responsibilities as a as a homeowner and as an individual but also as the director of a of a business and and we take that really seriously and we are doing everything that we that we can in a commercial environment and and Merlin you're absolutely right it has to be commercially viable because if it's not you're not going to be around very long um, but but to do what we can to reduce um, carbon emissions for me I think um, yeah it was very like early years strong strong connection to the environment that set me on a path um, and I think that's something that's so incredibly important when we think about schools, education, making sure that, you know, children have that opportunity to connect with nature because it fosters something really important within us. Um, And then I made it my kind of profession to to drive sustainability (laughs) wherever I I went. Um, And uh, I worked, you know, so I, I, for me, it's been it's been that I've I've started it. I've I've then gone out and, and kind of try. I've always been intrigued by businesses 
ability to actually turn things around really quickly and be really determined. If So in the early days of sustainability and CSR and all of this, so say, say about 15, 20 years ago, um, businesses generally got a lot of stick for being, you know, the source of the problem. Um, in ma many cases, frankly so. But the thing was that there wasn't much talk about businesses as part, being part of the solution. And that was always um, a space that I felt uh, I felt that was um, just not made, you know, um, it wasn't uh, capitalized on uh, as much as it should, because it turns out that businesses are incredibly, you know, they can you know, really make change quickly if they set their minds to it, if they commit to targets, if they really decide this is their vision and their, the direction they want to go on, then so... Um, and that's what um, I, I love that space, and I love I love how um, I've, I've been able to witness so many examples of where this is happening. You know, in different across different sectors, um, when things around us sometimes feel like they're moving too slowly, um, government legislation isn't coming in quickly enough, um, and but then businesses have a real opportunity and a, a real power to um, to uh, set at the direction and, and uh, show, show the way um, and, and lead the way to a more low carbon future, more sustainable future. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that space. So tell me a little bit about that journey. What do you think so far has had the biggest impact on you? Oh, I, th I think, I think when you, I think once you, once you start, um, you, you, you you make a commitment, and you and, and at that point, I think I think you can't then, with a clear conscience, either as a group of people around a table or as a group of director directors, um, then change that. You can make changes really quickly, and you and you can do things quickly, um, and you can commit to things, uh, and you can find the money. Uh, you know, you can reinvest it. Occasionally, there are grants out there as well. Um, there are incentives there. As soon as you start down that road, I think I think you've you have made a commitment, you know, to yourself and to the environment and and to be sustainable. And I think then you you then question every move you make. And I think anybody would do that, but you don't necessarily go for the cheapest alternative and sometimes you'll go that's not right for us yet you know we, we we don't have the alternative we're looking for it um you know like some some of the alternatives around um concrete you know that's one that's quite hard for us when you're building gardens you know that's it's something that we put a lot of research into and we pay consultants for it and we we've yet to make that completely work for us but we're we've got a lot of things happening around that for again alternatives that we can use and present to um, our customers so yeah it, it keeps happening you know it, it doesn't stop and is there something that you've implemented that you're particularly proud of or that you've really enjoyed working on can I have can I have one actual and one potential yes yeah absolutely <laughs> oh, you can thanks <laughs> very kind I'm feeling uh, generous I think, yeah I think for me Pete Free in retrospect I kind of go why didn't we do that sooner but we did it and I was quite proud of that you know the fact that all of our plants now are Pete Free um the, the the one for the future I think is is what we're doing with our, our forestry guys um, you know we have forest canopy foundation is something we've started and that really kind of reflects what Emily was saying about um, working together so we're working with um, 
other forestry companies, our direct competitors, um, and we're putting together um, landowners and business money. So people who've got money and people who've got land, uh, and we're then working towards then that being a carbon offset. But we're driving it, and so we're pulling together the forestry companies and making sure that when all of that happens, that we can divide that up fairly and squarely um, and make that happen. So there'll be I think a lot of business there, um, there'll be a lot of carbon offset there. And I think that's really exciting for the future. Fantastic. It's not about competition. It's, it's, um, it's really about um, these collaborations. That's the best way of in, 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 in achieving, you know, a greater level of sustainability. It's- so it needs everyone to input together and come together. Otherwise, we can't achieve a common goal. And also, I think on that note about the common goal, I think that's one area where maybe we haven't done enough sometimes to paint that picture, that the narrative of what that future is that we will strive for. Um, maybe becoming clearer now, but I think it's for a company to be able to dare to um, make explicit what their vision is, uh, how they see themselves as part of a you know bigger picture how they can, you know, do their bit to achieve that, that vision, mm-hmm. I think is a really great exercise for any, any company, uh, really. And yeah, George? So, um, yeah, well, going back to the, um, the original question, so how did, how did, we, how did we begin our, our journey? So we, we, you know, we were aware of a growing awareness, both internally and externally, in our marketplace and we sat down as a board and we discussed it and we talked about what we thought were some of the processes or some of the things that we did that we could do in a, in a more environmentally friendly way and then we went well actually do you know what hand on heart I'm not an environmental expert um, and actually neither are you so <laughs> we 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 need um, we need good advice. We need an organization that can look at a 150-year-old business and look at all the things that it does and identify, one, which are the bits that are really causing potential damage, and, and two, most importantly, what can we do about those areas to, um, to reduce carbon emissions and we are are now working with the planet mark and what they did um, for us in year one which was an incredibly painful process Emily I'm, I'm not gonna lie but I we, know exactly what you mean I've been on the other side <laughs> myself <laughs> we 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 measured our carbon footprint for the first time and we didn't when was that George sorry when was year one that so year one, Emily was two thousand and nineteen. That's right. Year ending two thousand nineteen. So, um, but we didn't just measure the bits that were easy to measure. We decided that we, with this external support, should measure every nut and bolt, every process. Um, with the support that we got, we were able to measure our carbon footprint in its entirety, which gave us a starting point. And then once we'd done that, we were then able to hold um, Kickstarter workshops and engagement forums across our business um, involving uh, all the departments of our business and and at every level. So we're we're now in year 
three. The great news um, is that data collection becomes easier. I'm absolutely thrilled to say that we were able to reduce our, our carbon emissions by 15% in, wow. that in that second year, which is, which is a really significant change for us. And some of that is due to the pandemic and what happened, but some of that is due to the processes that we had put in place. We are still very early in our journey. I don't want anyone to think that, that we, 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 we've, we've got it nailed here. We haven't. There is so much more we can do and we are striving to achieve more and more and um, that will only develop over the coming over the coming years. And Emily, do you think the positive environmental impact of the last year is likely to carry on? But it's been an interesting year as well. We've seen so many new habits, you know, that um, hopefully some of which will remain with us, mainly, you know, about um, travel and when you travel for work, when you when do you need to go to face-to-face -face meetings uh, as opposed to uh, doing what we're doing now? Um, so, you know, we, we're quite confident that some of those behaviors, behaviors will, will stick. If you were starting your sustainability journey again, what's the one piece of information you wish you'd known to begin with? I would say that you need to know that this will take time and it will take time away from the, the commercials, you know, the, the, the pure commercial side of your business. Um, and that if you don't give it that time, it'll, it'll take you a lot longer uh, and you may not get the best results. So I, I think you, yeah, you need to make sure that everybody has the bandwidth to achieve the things that you want to achieve. A realistic yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I guess the, I mean, I think the quality of the information that, that the public and that um, we as, as, as business people are now getting is, is of a really good quality. Um, and we're getting reports into things now that, you know, even only a few years ago, we, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been aware of. And I guess I guess if there was something that I really wish we'd had maybe five or ten years ago, it would have been more information about what was going on because you know we 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 needed collectively as um, as, as as the human race, we needed to take action on this. We desperately need to take action on this now. We desperately needed to take action on this quite a few years ago and I guess you could say that we have um, you know we've slightly faltered at the at the start because it would have been fantastic if public awareness and commercial awareness w was around sooner than it actually was. And what piece of advice would you give Emily to someone that's just starting out on this journey? Um, so I think um, try and understand you know kind of paint the picture trying to understand what's going on as you as the starting point so try and map out all of the activities your operations what's happening where because when you do that you'll start soon start to be able to spot where your big kind of impact what where things are happening so where your environmental impact um, needs attention so map out the your, you know your starting point um, really paint that picture of what trying to understand what's going on 
and that might involve asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. You might want to figure stuff out, ask, you know, and don't, I would say, don't hold back, you know, ask suppliers questions, try and find out as much as you can. So really try and paint that picture, uh, understand what's going on. I think if I can add just another couple of things, may I, Alex? Yeah, of course you can. I would, I would say, so it's easy, you know, this feeling of, you know, a slight daunt, like it could be really overwhelming at times with when you start to dig into sustainability and it just gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remember to break it down in bite-sized chunks, realize, you know, accept that you're on a journey some things will not have <laughs> happen overnight. They will take time. Some things, you know, are dependent on external, you know, um, context and so on. But importantly as well, stop and celebrate the small successes along the way with your staff. You know, really, you know, make that a thing because that just gives the energy back. You know, it, it kind of you, you enter a bit of a positive feedback loop than if you, you know, really stop and celebrate the, the successes as well. And um, and treat this as a, it's part of what we do. You know, it's not meant to be uh, some add-on. This is, if it requires people to, you know, focus on this, on if it's through green teams, uh, uh, champions, give them that hour um, a month to just do that, do, do this and, and uh, don't don't let it be like a, uh, a thing that they are expected to do outside of work kind of thing it needs to be integrated and and um, part of what what you you're right educating and allowing people to make those changes is really important um me personally I see sustainability training should be as fundamental as your first aid or your manual handling like everyone should have an understanding of of why we need to be sustainable because this isn't this isn't a case of it's a nice to have if we don't do it we won't have the planet as we see it now for generations to come it's just not it's not going to be the same there is no way we can carry on without making that change and we are all responsible for that change. And understanding that we are all responsible should be part of that core education for every person, whether that be in school or in business. And it should be mandatory. Alex, it should be, you're right. And that should be part of um, the induction process mm -hmm. from yeah. day one. Exactly. That, that's a brilliant place to put it, you know, make it in integral Part of the onboarding process. And do you think the journey that you've had within your businesses and your careers into sustainability and your increased awareness and education has had an impact in your personal life and how you uh, might think about sustainability at home? Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, Alex, look, it certainly has um, absolutely hands down. And that's that's been driven by my awareness, which has grown and grown as we've developed our, our, along the journey. Um, I probably, in terms of reviewing our carbon footprint, um, one of the biggest uh, carbon emission creators in any business is um, uh, consumption, um, electricity, usage. And, um, and that's, that's the same for us. Um, and I suppose, so what have I done personally about that? Well, I got a smart meter 
<laughs> I got, I got, I got, I, I made sure that I went to a supplier that gave me a smart meter, and then I turned everything off in my house, and then turned them on one by one, and went back and checked to see what. It's scary, isn't it? Isn't it scary? It is really scary. <laughs> it's really scary, and it's the craziest thing. Sometimes you just don't realise. I, I think, I think the towel rail in my house is probably one of the worst energy-consuming things that I've got, yep. and I'd never, I'd never have known that, but I do know that now. Um, and the 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 towel rail is seldom uh, on, <laughs> on our, anymore. <laughs> you can yeah, you no, can become a bit assess- obsessive with a smart meter. Just you somebody can. turns something off, it's going over you, the limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you see the, the the needle spike, and you think, well, who's just turned that on? And yeah. then you go around the house and you find out that what what's just been turned on and how much power it uses. But I suppose it's in answer to your question, it's an awareness of consumption of power mm-hmm. like that that I think I've realized is one, probably the number one consideration in our in our business, um, but also for me personally at home. Um, for me, I think it will be my, you know, the ability of, well, any one of us to use, um, uh, to vote with our wallets, where we put our money. And this for me materializes in just doing the weekly shop it slows me down considerably because I stand there and I read every label and and wonder what fish should I could I possibly choose and uh, yeah so I I try to um, uh, there are there are definitely ways in which you know there's apps and things that can help um, help you make those you know more sustainable choices um, so I think for me just that awareness of you know what I'm just not going to buy any you know old crap I'm really looking into what it is that I where I spend my money um I think yeah I I have um well I've got a garden full of plant refugees um which (laughs) (laughs) a lot of trees uh of of uh, I'm sure George is probably the same and has taken home things that he just couldn't (laughs) bear to say goodbye to uh but yeah I'm, I'm quite fortunate that I live about four miles away from my work. So um, between running and walking and cycling, uh, I very rarely have to use my car, which um, I'm eternally grateful for. And my children are now just about old enough to not need picking up from school and things. So uh, that's fantastic. Good, yeah, and uh, yeah, and on also all weather so Merlin, or just... yeah, no, I well, sometimes I am good. There is a picture of me cycling in the snow somewhere, but okay. uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can do all weather, yeah. <laughs> so, one final question for you if you had to give one piece of advice to someone who is starting or already on this journey, what would that piece of advice be? Mine's, mine's nice and simple. So why don't I start? I, I, I would say, look, if you're, um, if you're really serious about it, which I, I know people will be, um, sometimes I think it is best to start with some help from outside. You can, you can kind of internalize things and you can try and find your own way. But realistically um there will be a difference there'll be differences of opinion within your organization and we i mean you know we we work in the horticultural industry that doesn't make us environmental experts um and there will be things out there that are available to you that you are not aware of and unless you involve a third party in that process you're going to struggle to find that information 
Um, so my, my advice to somebody starting out on their journey now is to find the right partner for you. Um, and that won't always, you know, that's not, that's not always going to be the same people because different organizations work in, in, in different ways, but we, we canvassed, um, a lot of opinion and we spoke to a lot of people before we, we, we made our, we made our choice. And um, that's the piece of advice that, that I would say. I absolutely endorse uh, what George said. I, I was going to say, find a friend, you know, that, that yeah, you can, you can go down rabbit holes very quickly, I think, um, and, and take your eye completely off the ball. And, and I think that's probably something that, I don't think we did it completely, but I, I, on our journey, we, we focused on, initially, we, we had this enormous Excel spreadsheet of all the different areas of the business and all the different things that we wanted to address, um, you know, and, and it was kind of like the micro view. Um, and, and we just, there came a point where, yes, we took quite a lot of things off the list, but actually we kind of went, hold on, we've, we've got an awful lot of things to do that we're doing okay, probably maybe not very well, but what are the important things? You know, what are the fundamental things that are going to make the biggest possible change for you? And you need to concentrate on those. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's going to be power. It's going to be transport. It's, you know, it's going to be the big, the big guns, not necessarily um, getting lost down the, can I recycle this crisp packet? You know, yes, you can tick that off probably pretty quickly, but actually, meanwhile, someone's driving 50 miles with one load and someone else wanted a load to go that way you know what logistics have you got in place to 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 counteract that so I think I think yes find a friend but also you know prioritize the important stuff (laughs) brilliant thank you yeah I I totally uh, echo what both George and uh, Merlin were saying Uh, find your friend we we could be one such friend but there are loads of people there are good organizations out there but that's what we love to do we um and then, um, yeah, like Merlin was saying, prioritize your actions indeed, um, you know, uh, this. But then I would add, um, the one thing um, would be to, you know, if you're, not, if you're not the CEO or the owner of the company, if you can, you know, if you want the leadership to get on board, try, try and put down in print, you know, what are your, what are the main drivers for your company to embark seriously on the sustainability journey? Um, a little paragraph about the some of the external drivers we know, but think carefully about what the your internal drivers are. What what where what is in it for your company? Why you should really take this on, and then take that to um, you know your leadership um, and get them get their buy-in and you know just like uh, Merlin and George, you know having that level of leadership uh, that's how you make things happen as well uh, but sometimes it might require a little you know uh, a little uh, support from you know somebody really passionate in the business who, who could draft something place it on the nose of the owner ceo who would go yes of course that's exactly you know we, we just haven't made it explicit before this is it this is where we want to get to this is what we want to be part of how could you possibly say no to that? And then you have, you know, a really good foundation for kicking off um, your sustainability journey. I don't know the answer to this question, but just tell me, is it worth it? Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
um, you know, I think you have to you have to ask yourself some really serious questions at the start of this journey. And and I know I I, I have um, I have three children. They are uh, 15, 14, and six years old. And every day you have to ask yourself, well, what what exactly what condition are we going to leave this planet in for the next generation? And actually, not just that. What about what about my grandchildren? What about their children? What 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 is the world going to look like then? Um, and I think once you've faced that question and thought about the possible outcomes, it, absolutely, it's worth it. I, it's a yes for me as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be worried if any of you said no, yeah. but I'm, you know, I had to ask the question. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really feel like I, I need to add too much more to that. But, um, you know, we it, sometimes it is difficult. It, it is difficult to know, like I was saying previously about the, the, the small stuff and the big stuff. Um, and, and then you can get into that sort of spin cycle of not knowing what to do for the best sometimes. Um, but I think it is the case that anything is better than nothing uh you know if you don't have all the answers you know you you will make your own and and you know your your hopefully your heart will lead you <laughs> uh, brilliant yeah yeah uh, for me i think yeah of course yes is the uh, answer i think you know my, so my daughter is seven my boy is three but you know they grow up and at one point they're gonna well my daughter is already trying to well, sorry she understands a little bit of what i try to do but there'll come a time when they go, okay, so mom, what did you do about, you know, all of this? What, what role, what did you try to change for the better? And when that day comes and you get that question, I, I for one, want to be able to have a good, you know, um, answer and say, well, this is what, you know, this is what we've tried to do and what we did. Um, so thinking about their future and, um, their, their children's future and so on absolutely is a, is a motivator. I think also just from personal, like just me as an individual, I find meaning um, in 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 doing this. I and I and I think I think it contributes to you know, just anyone going to work. Just you know, to be to know that you're part of something bigger, a bigger ambition that the company might have set out that feeling part of that something bigger it does bring great value I think in many in many instances so meaningful uh, meaningful contributing to a meaningful life really thank you very much to Merlin Emily and George this has been Hawk Talk episode four on sustainability thank you all for listening wherever you are stay safe and take care